You're listening to Ghostly Activities. I'm your guide, Jacob Rice. And on today's episode, we'll talk about signs your house is haunted and what you can do about it. In this podcast, we'll get to know some of the most common activity associated with haunted houses. Then, I'll give you a few tips on why your house may have a ghost. And then finally, I'll give you a list of resources and tell you about some other articles I've written about what you can do to better manage the ghost. Ghostly problem, ghostly situation, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So some telltale signs that you live in a haunted house. Um, Well, I mean, it can vary. Let's be real. Not everything is the cookie-cutter ghost haunting that you see on TV or even on the ghosty shows. In most cases, it's going to follow this list of things and examples I'm about to give you. But the one thing I want you to realize is it's usually not immediate. It develops over time, and it starts off pretty subtle and increases in intensity. So actually, you'd say the first month, if it takes three months for the ghost to to, uh, finally manifest, you may not notice much over that first month. If something like someone flipped the light switch on and you had ghostly activity going crazy, that's probably related to a haunted object. We'll talk about a little bit in this episode, but I'll link out to it in the show notes. And haunted objects are a completely different beast than your traditional haunting. So just keep that in mind. But first things first, let's go through those signs that your house is haunted. And the first one is you start to feel random cold spots. And the reason for that is if if there were ghostly science, ghost science, monster science, when it comes to the spirits of the dead trying to manifest, they need energy. And pretty much any type of energy can help it manifest. And that includes heat. So if you start noticing odd things and it gets a little bit colder, or say you've noticed a hallway where you hear phantom footsteps coming down it, and when you walk down, you go through these spots that are pretty cold, that could be an indication. The next one is you see or hear doors open and close randomly. And that's always a good sign that something's not right. Now, we could talk about old house shifting And that moves the doors. But say if you've got a new construction where things are pretty set and those doors are opening and closing, and especially if you've got the windows closed in those rooms or there's no heating or air conditioning going on, that's another good telltale sign. Next up, and people don't talk about this one as much, I'm kind of surprised, is you hear ghostly whispers. And this is the kind of thing where you're watching TV and... It's very light, but you you know, you turn around and you go, did someone say something? I thought I was the only one here. Or you look at your other half and go, did you say something? And they're like, no, I didn't say anything. But you hear those kind of whispers. And especially if you're just doing something random like the dishes, you know, cleaning up the basement and you hear that, I want to get you and consume your soul. Those kind of whispers. <laughs> That's a good indication. There could be something ghostly going on. Next up, you notice phantom footsteps. And this one is notorious. I gotta say, this is a pretty common event for most hauntings. 
is the phantom footsteps. And this is, if you're on the main floor, you hear what sounds like someone walking above you in one of the rooms or when I talked about going up and down stairs or down a hallway. And they're pretty distinct. Usually phantom footsteps are pretty clear. Or you get that weird creaking sound on wood floors when someone's coming. Dead giveaway. <laughs> Another one, and this one's kind of hit or miss for folks. My experiences with hauntings, I've had it, it was actually pretty common. Belongings go missing and turn up in odd spots. And for my friend Celine and I, uh, we used to always lose our car keys. This is kind of thing where you put them in the bowl next to the front door, okay? And they'd be missing. You live alone. <laughs> but you go to the bathroom and they're in the sink. Stuff like that. Things usually always turn up. But definitely not someplace you would think, logically. Next, you see figures appear and disappear. Now, let's talk about these figures because, let me tell you, we're moving into apparitions. <laughs> and in most cases, it usually looks like a person, a, a solid human, maybe wearing period clothes, but you think it is actually a living person. And I think that's why a lot of these uh, ghost sightings don't go reported because they look so real. And here's the other thing, even though when we watch ghosty shows and everything, and you're looking in infrared and night vision, that's that, that black and white, green and black, and purple and black type coloration when you watch those shows, most people see their ghosts in broad daylight, which we can go on to a whole other episode on, should I investigate with lights on or lights off, day or night? But most people don't think it's a ghost when they may have seen one. And so if you start seeing someone walking through your house in a Victorian morning dress, <laughs> it's probably a ghost, okay? It's less common for them to be transparent, and shadow figures may not actually be the dead. And we can talk about that one in a later episode, too. One of the other things, and this one happens to me actually quite a bit, is you start to have nightmares. And I can tell you when I go on a ghost hunt, uh, and I'm traveling, traveling specifically, usually I wake up in the middle of the night because I had a nightmare. Now, all my friends know, I usually don't remember my dreams. Um, and I definitely don't get <laughs> surprised by a nightmare. But when I have those situations, I always get good ghostly activity on those ghost hunts. Um, I don't know if, if it means I'm in tune or not, but if I have a nightmare the night before I go on a ghost hunt, I'm going to get great evidence. And that just happened to me in Powell River, which will be an upcoming episode. Uh, it's one of the ghost hunts I did on the coast of British Columbia, Old Milltown. Next up... You smell cigarette smoke, perfume, or cologne. Maybe if the ghost in question was a baker, you might smell apple pie, for example. But you'll smell things you don't normally smell. And if it's perfume or cologne, it's not yours. <laughs> and if you don't smoke and you're picking up cigarette smoke and cigar smoke and you've got a single family house and your neighbors aren't around, something's going on, okay? 
So those phantom smells are another indication. This one happens to me a lot because I have pets, but they start to act strange. And the big giveaway there is they whimper and leave a room or they hiss or bark in an empty space. I had one dog, Wally, and when I was still living in Chicago right before I left, had Celine over, we might have invented, uh, invited a spirit over. I know, I know, why would I do that? But I have a little tipsy, okay? <laughs> and she came over, we were doing a little tarot-type session on the kitchen island, and next thing you know, Wally turns to the corner of the living room and goes off barking on something. So that could indicate something's followed you home. And in that case, I did get an EVP with what sounded like a demonic laugh. Uh <laughs> Next is you feel fatigued even on full rest. And that means you're not getting a good night's sleep. So it could be that you're having the nightmares and you don't remember them. The other thing is ghosts, when they manifest, need energy. And people, you know what? Your energy too. <laughs> uh, I don't want to call it life force. Uh, I mean, that's that's a little too Hollywood movie type thing. But sometimes ghosts can use your, I'll call it light if you want, uh, to help them manifest. And another giveaway is electronics, especially your lights, flickering, turning on and off, appliances turning on and off. That's another good giveaway. And again, I think it deals with the whole energy aspect of it. So the next question you want to find out, though, is why your house is haunted to begin with. And a lot of times it deals with the history of the house. Who lived there previously or if your house is on the site of something horrible that's happened. And that could be, you know, horrible things like a massacre. The house was an orphanage. Generally speaking, it has to have a dark history. And there was suffering. And suffering usually includes death. So always ask the history of the house before you buy it, rent or move in. And a lot of times there's a new construction and you don't know what was going on there before. And you really have to dig back into the archives to find out that story. But there's pretty much three things that could do it for the haunting in the house. And that's a trigger. And that's an event that causes the haunting to start. It kind of wakes up the ghosts or spirits that are there. And it could just be as simple as you moving into the house. It could have been vacant for a long time. And now someone's there. It's kind of disruptive. And it causes the ghosts to act out. The next one, and that's the most common one. Next one is haunted objects. And I briefly touched on this earlier. You have a possession, an e antique, an heirloom, something you bought from a yard sale <laughs> even, and it comes with something attached. Now, with a classic haunted house, this is going to build up over months to even years. But with a haunted object, it's like as soon as you move that thing, bring in the house, the activity starts within a couple of weeks. And it's pretty strong and noticeable, like things will move, you might have a fire start, you might hear not even whispers, but someone talking to you that you can't see. I mean, haunted objects, it's pretty obvious. And so in that case, if it's that strong and abrupt, 
think about what's in your house that you brought in recently. And that might be it. And the other one, and most people don't think about this, is you are the reason. And some people are psychically attuned. It acts as a beacon, a light, and it draws spirits because they want to talk to someone. They might have a message. So you might have something within you that's now started and it's luring these ghosts and spirits to you. In that case, you might have to learn some psychic protection techniques, which I'm not qualified to talk about, but I'm going to invite someone on the show that can help out with that. So next up is the different types of haunting. So we won't talk about demons and poltergeists. I wouldn't call those ghosts because they're not human to begin with. We're talking about good old-fashioned human ghosts, okay? Maybe some animal ghosts too. But the first is a residual haunting. It's the most common type of a ghostly presence. And residual hauntings are like echoes from the past or a hologram from the past. It's a ghostly manifestation that doesn't interact with you. You may be able to see, hear, and feel them, but they'll just go about their business. They might walk right through you for all I know. And no matter what you do, they just don't respond. Because it's just a replay of something from the past. Now, on the other hand, you have an intelligent haunting, which will acknowledge you, it will interact with you, and it may have a message for you. This is a lot of the stuff you see on the ghost hunting shows, where they're interacting with the gadgets. They turn on the EMF meter, they get it to sound off. They give EVPs, those electronic voices you hear about when they play a digital recorder back. They're talking to you or trying to engage with you. And that's an intelligent haunting. Now, what do you do about these ghosts? Okay, well, there's a few things you could do, but the most practical advice I could give you is talk to them, negotiate with them, tell them that you're here now, they have to go, or at least quiet down. <laughs> and this is more advice, negotiating as I call it, for an intelligent haunting. Residual, forget about it. It's not going to do anything because, like I said, hologram, echo of the past, just a replay. It isn't smart. It's kind of like you're just watching a movie. Um, but those intelligent hauntings can get a little nasty from time to time because if you were a nasty cuss in life, you're a nasty cuss in death. And then even the nicest spirits can get a little angry because, you know, they've been dead 300 years. The whole family has died off. They've been trying to get a message out and no one's listening to them. So it gets a little frustrating too. So when you go about negotiating, I would say, take it easy, be kind. The ghost was a person at some point too. Now for those more nefarious and dangerous hauntings, like something goes flying off the shelf. Something gets thrown at you. Something shoves you down the stairs. That kind of stuff. I'm going to put a list of articles in the show notes that you can go check out. And I'll cover things that plants that can protect, uh, stones and crystals that can protect you, how to use salt, more ways to clear ghosts, how to use sage and smudging to clear negative energy, which when most people move into a house, I would say, you know, smudge do some smudging just to clear out what might be in the nooks and crannies okay and then i will have an article about haunted objects for you and what to do with them 
So that's this episode, folks. I hope you found it useful. Hope you learned a thing or two. And I will be back in another week with either uh, some more ghost hunting tips or profile on a famous ghost, or I'll have a ghost story for you. All right. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, share, tell all of your friends about it, (laughs) and stay safe out there. Remember, if it's ghostly, it's on Ghostly Activities. Take care.